0: All right, guys, we're live. Y'all ready? Let's,
1: Let's
0: do it. All right, let me play the music and we'll get right to coach on the backside. I got to find the music, though. Here we go. <laughs> All right, guys, we have some big news in the football world today. Uh, Gary and Cam, uh, Marsh Park hired a new football coach, the fifth coach uh, they've had in five seasons, and we're going to bring him on right now as uh, Coach Chris James of Marsh Park Mustangs. How you doing, Coach? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me on tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Where you come from? What your vision is? Um, So I'm 33, uh, originally from Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Uh, I am a Gardner-Webb University grad, played football there. Uh graduated from Gardner-Webb, uh, took a small stint back home for about a couple months, uh, moved to Charlotte, and I started my career at uh, Independence High School. So I've been here since 2015. Um, so I've been in the area a while, um, have, have had an opportunity to be under some, some really good coaches over my years here. Um, just as far as the vision, man, honestly, just really excited right now. Um, we have an amazing group of kids um, at Myers Park, uh, an amazing group of coaches, I'm uh, very fortunate and thankful um, for my administration for, you know, giving me this opportunity. Um, I'm very much uh, focused on the main thing. And the main thing right now is making sure our kids are ready um, come August 18th, which is our first game. So I'm um, just kind of excited to to get things going with the guys starting tomorrow. Um, we'll be in the weight room and uh, kind of just really keeping our head down and just getting to work.
0: Heck of a first job, you know, to, to get Marsh Park as your first coaching gig.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, big time gig, in, in my opinion. Um, uh, but I think it speaks to, um, you know, a lot of the the coaches that I've had opportunity to be under. Um, so I was a uh, very first gig was with Justin Harden, uh, at Independence High School back in 15. Uh, from there, I went to Porter Ridge uh, was under Michael Hertz. Uh, both guys taught me so much. Um, Coach Hertz, especially on the defensive side, where I kind of specialize, really, really taught me a lot. Had a A lot of great group of kids there. Uh, I was there when you had the Grace McCall's, the Will McDonald's, Jalen Coleman's there. Um, And then after that, I went back with Harden to Charlotte Latin, coached with some great guys, uh, Anthony Boone, um, uh, Drew Dayton. Um, So I've just been fortunate to be around some great football minds. Um, A lot of mentors in the college game that coached me um, that have have given me a a ton of knowledge. Um, I'm kind of like a sponge and – you know, it's a, a big opportunity, but it's an opportunity. And, I, you know, I plan to to do the best I can, work my butt off uh, for the kids, for the community, um, and, and we'll see what happens.
3: Uh, Coach James, first and foremost, congratulations and welcome to this wonderful opportunity. How will you embrace the unique challenge, opportunity, and responsibility given the program's recent history to – create that long sought after consistency and stability, not, not just on the field. We know, we know that can happen, but in terms of obviously five, five head coaches and, five, and creating and putting your stamp on that culture with your own unique consistency and stability to lead this program or continue it on on the successful run that it has had and to reach that new pinnacle, which the program has sought for so long, given that, that unique dynamic, how will you put your stamp on the program with consistency and stability?
2: Well, I, you know, it's funny in this situation, I think it's unique uh, with me being a part of the staff the last two years. um, The kids know me already. They know my voice. Um, I'm also an administrator on campus. Uh, So that's, that's also pretty unique. Um, The kids see me every single day. Um, you know walking around campus coming in classrooms um but they've heard my voice on the football field i was a defensive coordinator the last two years um both under coach mcManus and then under um, coach fuller prior to um so in terms of the consistent little bit the consistency piece we've got the same group now um that have been there over the last two years um maybe add a few pieces here or there to complete the staff but I mean, for the most part, our kids know our staff. Um, as far as, like, my input or, or, or my face in terms of on the program, um, I think it, it it's, it's simple. Um, it's a, a saying that I have. It, I got it from Coach Rivera, um, the ape uh, saying, in a sense, attitude, preparation, a- execution. Um, we talked a little bit about it today in our meeting. Um, you know, the big thing is when you hear the name Myers Park, um, that's something that a lot of people across the state of North Carolina know a lot about. Um, but I think we got to get kind of back to our roots. And part of that is just being able to work hard. Um, there's an expectation that I have of us being able to day in and day out. Come okay.
4: 10. I
0: think we lost
4: Coach there
5: for a second. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, we, we lost he He's
5: frozen. He's back. Yeah.
0: Coach, log log out and come back in for us, Coach. We, we lost you there for a second. Log out and come back in. You can hear me. <clears throat> Live TV, it happens sometimes. Gotta love it. Gary, what do you think about these young man as we uh try to get him back on?
5: Well well, the first thing that struck me as he's been on staff a couple of years, and um you, you have to worry about the the rising senior class having four different head coaches, um, with him being the fifth, but they've had a different coach with a different philosophy with a different plan every year. So even though they're transitioning to a new head coach, at least there's some familiarity with him. Um, and he's in the building and he doesn't have to learn the lay of the land, so to speak. Uh, he knows what kind of kids he has, uh, he said most of the staff is returning, which I kind of thought was going to happen. Um, so that gives him a head start. Yeah. Um, you know the question. The question I had for him, and hopefully he'll get back on, is what is it that the administration and the boosters want? Because they they're the ones that never seem to be satisfied. Yeah. You know, and and part of the transition. Of, of so many coaches has been because of what the boosters and the administration wanted. And, you know, they look like they've always been looking for a quick fix.
0: You know. They had a guy with Harmon, I thought, that wanted to be there that it led them to a regional championship game. I was a little surprised that they didn't allow Harmon to come in. But I think, you know, this guy having been in the, in the building is going to be good for them the you know the familiarity like you talked about uh should be difficult to to get to get in. Um what do you think Alex? Agree,
3: just all the way around and we're all hitting wait
0: wait we got we got coach back. We got coach back. All right Gary, go ahead with your question. Bye-bye. Yeah coach
5: uh, I, I was discussing with the panel uh what is it that the administration and the boosters want because as we've watched this program over the last five years, it looks like they've been looking for a quick fix to get to the state championship. They've taken some shortcuts. And, um, you know, when things don't go their way, then there's a change at the at the end of the season. And, and you're the fifth new coach in the last five years. So what is it that they're looking for? And are they going to give you time
2: uh to achieve your goals. Well, you know, one thing, one thing I'll say, uh when you look at the the coaching changes over the last few years, um, I think you have to also look at the fact that a lot of these coaches have been promoted. Um from Coach Chadwick getting a promotion going to Maryland, um Coach Fuller um, getting a promotion, um, going out to coach in Texas. So, you know, in terms of that, I, you know, I, I hear it, I see it, um, you know, I think that's um, a situation where if people really just look at the full picture. Um, I think there's a little bit more to it than the naked eye. Um, but in terms of what the community wants and what our administration wants, I mean, truthfully, they want a good product. And, and when I say a good product, it doesn't just deal with strictly football, right? We, we want kids that are doing what they're supposed to do on campus, doing what they're supposed to do in the community. Um, kids that just want to genuinely work hard. In my opinion, being around a game of football as long as I have and being around some some really good minds, when you get those pieces and those nucleuses together, that's when, you know, you start um, – the win the wind column starts to increase. Um, a, a perfect example of that, uh, a good friend of mine, DJ McFadden at Independence. You know, I think when DJ went into Indy, I think his big goal was to just put his head down and work. And you saw this first year where – you know, they were in close games, lose by a play or a, a possession here or there. And then you flip it to this year. They still have the same mentality of putting their head down, working, staff doing the same thing. And what what did it turn into? It turned into a successful season. I mean, he put, in my opinion, he put independence back on the map. Um, he's done a really good job there. So I think the blueprint is very much similar. Um, we, we can't stop the outside noise. And that's, that's not our, our job and that's not our goal. Our goal is to focus on the main thing, and the main thing is getting better day-to-day, doing what we're supposed to do on campus, doing what we're supposed to do in the classroom, getting after it in practice, getting after it in the weight room, and I think you will see some results based off of that.
5: Um,
1: Okay. Uh, Coach, first off, you know, I'll echo the sentiments of the rest of the, you know, panel here, just congrats first off, but, you know, what is one thing that you really think – I mean, I know you just recently got the job, but what is one thing in your mind that you think will – you know, elevate this program and, uh, you know, push them in the right direction to play championship caliber football again?
2: Um, I, I think it's seeing that the work ultimately will result in that. Um, I'm not saying that in the past that Myers Park, the, the program hasn't put in the work, um, but I think you keep hearing the word consistency, right? The, the consistent piece, seeing the same faces, you know, having the same kids um, that are in the Myers Park community come through the community. Um, there is something to be said about just being able to put the work in and then seeing the results based off of that. Um, You know, it's, it's a process. I know that the kids know that Um, I I think the community and my administration understands and knows that, that this is a process. This is not an overnight deal. Um, We got a, we got a lot of young guys. Um, We got some guys that played some meaningful minutes this past year um, that might not necessarily have been expected to. Um, I think that will pay dividends and then we're going to have some, some young guys that are going to have to play, You know, this year. Um, So I I think that in my opinion, again, I I keep echoing it. And that's that's my sentiment to my program right now is when you put your head down, the results will end up speaking for itself. Um, It's kind of funny to think about it like this Myers part being the school that it is. But in my opinion, I think right now we're a sleeping giant in terms of, you know, nobody's talking about us, um, which is that's perfectly fine. That's that's really not our responsibility anyway. We're not supposed to worry about the noise. Um, that comes from around the program right now, our job is to make sure we're doing what we have to do and we're prepared when the opportunity presents itself. And I think with the the group of kids that we have, the, the group of coaches that we have that that work their butts off, I think we'll do that.
3: <clears throat> Coach James, to what degree do you see this, you talk about an opportunity presenting itself the timing of this is very unique in that this opportunity presents itself to you in the immediate aftermath of whatever people might want to say in the immediate aftermath of how the Steve Wilkes situation played out with the Carolina Panthers. You look at something like that and someone with a defensive background like yourself getting this opportunity right here. And you look at the success of other Uh, defensive coordinators at the high school level, whether we're talking the likes of Anthony Hackett and Chachi Sullivan in the greater Charlotte area. And obviously, if you look across the street, someone like Nick Drew at Cardinal Gibbons, (laughs) opportunities that come along given just the timing of all of this, how significant is it? And do you think that you having this opportunity is being looked at as a a standard okay, we, we want to see this guy get it done to create opportunities for other excellent, defensive minded coaches going forward like
2: this. Well, you know I, I think the the situation with Steve Wilkes is a little different um, than this situation, um but I, I do think when when thinking about my administration, my um, athletic director, uh, Brian Poor, and my principal Bob Folk, um, you know, in speaking with them you know, we're not, we're not echoing championships right now, right? We, we had a three and seven season, which a lot of people are going to say is down. Um, At this point right now, we're just focused on getting back to the basics. Um, The consistency piece with coaching is the same with the consistency piece with our guys showing up every day, willing to work, our guys doing what they got to do in film study, our guys picking up and understanding the offensive and defense, uh, and then being able to execute that. So, Again, I think with that, with that lead thought in mind with the players and getting them to understand that, um, you know, I don't necessarily feel any pressure, uh, if you will, with this, this opportunity. Um, I do know it's a lot of work, um, and I'm, I'm very much built to do the work. Um, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have some guys around me right now that are also ready to do the work as well. Um, And, you know, truthfully, to be honest with you, I saw a look in some of my players' eyes today um, after speaking with them and and being introduced to them that they, too, are ready to work. I mean, my phone has been kind of blowing up, um, you know, most of the day today, but the messages that I'm kind of most focused on are from some of my players. And there's a sense of um, excitement. There's a sense of, like, Coach, what what are we doing tomorrow in the weight room? I'm ready to get back to work. Um, you know, so I, I'm excited for the opportunity. There's no pressure, in my opinion, in the opportunity. Um, It is an opportunity, though. So, you know, it, it will be up to me um, and up to, you know, the rest of my staff to make sure that we kind of take advantage of the opportunity as well as the kids.
6: Coach James, my God. First of all, I want to say congratulations. Appreciate Second you. of all, my my question is, does this mean that my favorite high school director of basketball operations is no longer in business? Hey man,
2: absolutely not. I'll be there ready to go tomorrow night. All right, that's, that's hey, all man, I need. to what, 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 what are we
0: talking about here, man? I don't I don't know what's that's going the, on. This
6: is, this is you didn't know. This is the director of basketball operations for Myers Park Basketball right here. He's a, he's a, a yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I'm
2: coaching. I, I am just that. I'm the director of Basketball Ops, so I kind of take care of all the logistics for the basketball day-to-day operations. Nah, I'm joking with you guys. Nah, um, <laughs> let me be an administrator. Uh,
0: hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got Bishop Boswell here. Bishop, does uh, <laughs> this guy have something to do with y'all's team? I can't hear you, Bishop. Turn, come off from you. Is this guy have something to do with your team? Over here, this guy.
7: I mean, he's been at a couple tournaments, and he helps me out when <laughs> well, my yeah. ankles hurt, and he, he puts me through some workouts, so I guess
0: that... <laughs> well that. Well, well a couple him, tournaments. Man. That's. <laughs> yeah. see what you get on oh, Talking Preps. You get the new Marsh <laughs> Park football coach. You get the Marsh Park style basketball player calling you out. You just never know what you're doing. I love because, it. But, Coach, I'm going to bring you back, man. Hang out in the back for a second. Coach, um, what <laughs> – schematically, what are you guys going to try to get done in your reign in Mars Park? So defensively, uh, we'll get back
2: to kind of the bread and butter, what I'm used to defensively in terms of a 4-3 uh, will be real multiple. Um, I'm really interested to see a lot of our guys um, kind of in this defense. Uh, something very similar to what you might have seen before the last couple of years with us. Um, offensively, we got some weapons. We got some. We got a lot of like scat back type guys. So uh, you know, the big thing is we're looking at getting guys ball in space. Um, got some guys that can spin the ball around and really see what that quarterback competition looks like. Uh, we got Wendell Thompson coming back off of um, uh, AC. You know, he was our starter going into the season last year. So got to see what he is first and foremost. Um, um got a young line. Guy, guy, Um, and Brock Jenkins, who was our JV, both were our JV quarterbacks last year. Haynes is a freshman, Um, you know, so very interesting to see how that plays out, you know, with actually Brock also had a a knee injury as well. Um, So both guys probably going to spring probably will not be as active as Haynes will be. Um, So, you know, we'll see what what kind of the outcome is at the quarterback position, but um, definitely we'll have some playmakers offensively Um, and, you know, I'm not going to overcomplicate this thing. I, I've, I've seen too many guys that I've been under tell me that. We're going to get our best guys the ball and watch what they do with it. Simple as that. Um, we're going to be very good up front um, on both sides of the ball. Uh, we're going to fly around in the secondary. Um, we're going to have some very physical guys at linebacker for sure. Um, so you'll you'll be excited to see the product. Um, I thought we had a really good product on the field last year. Uh, I thought it was really young. Um, so kind of an extension of what you saw this year. Um, some guys that probably have grown up a little bit and will grow up over the course of spring and the summer. Um, so uh, definitely something you guys should look forward to uh, next fall.
0: Coach, I got one little recruiting question for you. That guy right there below you, you think you can get him back off the basketball court and on the football field? Oh, We're going to talk, hey, talk tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a pretty good quarterback and/or a pretty good receiver. I'm just
2: saying. Oh, oh, I, but, no. oh, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen for sure. I had to, I had to hey, game I,
0: I heard he was a D1 football player. I mean, I,
2: yeah, that's what I heard too. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't
0: know. All right, coach. Thanks for coming on, man. Best of luck All, right. All right, that's uh Marsh Parks, new football coach. I got, yeah. I gotta, I got to wait till he
6: goes away. Now that he's gone, Bishop, do not go to that meeting tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yes, sir uh, We got uh, two Chris James in town The, Mar- the uh, Charlotte Christian football coach Also named uh, Chris James Alright, so we got Bishop Boswell of Mars Park I'm like totally uh, off my game Because I had something totally uh, different Loaded up to show But Bishop, uh, tell us about the season I know you transferred from South Bettenberg Obviously that's been a good move for you Having a big season Tell us about your year so far uh,
7: Yes, sir It's been a, a great year so far Uh, We started off kind of slow, obviously, with, like, a loss against Chambers. But I think we've just gotten better and better each game. And I think kind of going to some tournaments, like, out of state over the the Christmas break really helped us. kind of develop as a team. So I just think we get better each game. And, you know, I'm excited for what the rest of the season holds.
0: Yeah, a lot of people point back to that Chambers game and kind of say, well, maybe Marsh Park's overrated. Did you guys have to kind of figure it out early in the season and kind of get rolling? Because at Christmas, you guys certainly played great.
7: Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, second game, uh, first home game. So, you know, first game against some real competition. And I think, you know, just little things that we saw in film, like, you know, a lot of errors, a lot of turnovers and just things like that. But, you know, obviously people are going to think what they want. But I, I think uh, if we see him again, it'll be a different outcome. I
6: love it. I love it. Bishop, so, you know, it's been a little bit different from you. You went from last year at South Mech where you – Pretty much for you to keep your team in games, you had to score the basketball at a super high rate. This year at Myers Park, you, your scoring isn't necessarily as impactful, but I think you've been better defensively. Can you talk about the adjustment has been for you going from being you know, the guy that had to get 20 a night to where you don't necessarily have to get 20 a night, but you're counted on on the defensive end? Uh yeah, I
7: think uh, last year what they kind of did in South Mech was obviously I had to score the ball a lot, so they they kind of put me off ball to kind of save some of my energy. But I think this year now that you know I have people that can like you know help the scoring load around me, it's just kind of put me in that like center point to just like you know help the defense as much as I possibly can, and you know just use my body and everything I can to stop other people from scoring. And then obviously it's you know been a pretty hard transition at first, just over the summer working at it like you know learning how to play with the different guys and having a different role, but I think it's just gotten a little bit better each game, and I think it's picking up definitely here uh, this past game that we had uh, the other night.
0: Bishop Mars Park is number one a football or basketball state championship game. Biggest school in state, probably the biggest fan base in the state. How big a deal would it be for you guys to, to get to NC State to a championship game? And I'm sure it would be sold out with all Mars Park fans, but how big a deal would that be for you guys to finally get over the hump?
7: Yeah, I think it'd be a huge deal just after all the work we put in this year. You know, it'd mean a lot to us. And then, obviously, I think we have the, the best student section in the state. So, you know, obviously, we want to do it for them.
0: I might argue the best student section, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> family, uh,
6: family bias is crazy on this show sometimes, It, it, it is,
0: but I, 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 didn't even, I didn't even talk about that game. I didn't talk about that game. All right, so Bishop, now you're going to take on Randall. And I asked Bryce Cash last week to beat Randall. Bryce wouldn't do it, so I need you to do it.
6: All right, I got you.
0: You got to beat him. So I got to play his little theme music because I'm obligated to. Make we- sure
6: make sure you listen to the
0: words of this, Bishop. So when we come back, Chelsea's going to ask a question. You'll answer first, and Sam may ask the second question, and Randall will go first. It's a multiple choice. I just need you to win. Whatever you do, just
6: win. All right. So here's his little music. I'm Randall Clark. I am not Sam Griner.
0: You will not beat me on the game show. Chelsea. Gotta come off mute, Chelsea.
8: Can y'all hear me now? Now I can. There we go. In NBA history, which primary point guard has scored the most career points? A Alan Iverson B Chris Paul C Steph Curry or D John Stockton.
6: Bishop.
7: Is my I have to answer first.
6: Yeah, you go first. You're the guest.
7: Uh <laughs> oh yeah.
6: He's in trouble already. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I'm gonna say Steph Curry.
0: Steph Curry, what do you got? Um brother?
6: Alan Iverson.
0: Chelsea, you didn't even tell me I put up the wrong question.
8: Oh, I didn't even know.
0: You just read it. That's it's okay. I do know since the right answer rattles up one another.
6: Okay, I'll come fix it in a minute. Go.
0: So, somehow. He's getting he's getting help by here in the background.
6: Oh yeah. The, the three the year old is definitely helping. Yeah.
0: That's uh, that's one
6: nothing. One nothing, good guys, right?
0: One nothing, bad guys. All right. <laughs> Sammy.
9: Okay. This 22-year-old singer from New York was a surprise Grammy winner for the best, four best new artists. Name the winner. A. Samara Joy, B. Lizzo, C. Money Long, D. Anita.
6: Randall. C. Money Long. Money
0: Long, what do you got, Bishop?
7: I don't know any of these people except for Lizzo, so I'm going to (laughs) go This did win the me
0: last night, but what's with best new water since Samara's Joy jazz singer from New York. She had one of the best acceptance speeches all night long. All right, so we are still tied at I'm not tied. Randall's up one to nothing. I got to find some like um current events questions. These young people like let me down these current event questions. I thought I thought you got to get that. And yeah, that um, I love the Chelsea
8: Drew Pember leads the Big South in scoring and rebounding. Which SEC school did he transfer to UNC Asheville from? A, Alabama, B, Tennessee, C, Georgia, or D, LSU?
0: All right, Bishop, let's get on the roll here.
7: I'm going to say Tennessee.
0: Tennessee. Randall, what you got? He came from LSU, didn't he? I don't know. LSU, D, I mean. You are incorrect. We are tied at one. Bishop is correct. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bishop. And you know how I learned that, really? You should learn how I knew that because I was watching the game the other night. Dang,
6: yeah.
0: And you knew I was watching the game the other night.
6: I did know you were watching the game the other night. All right. Uh,
0: <laughs> Sammy.
9: What futuristic movie was number one in America last week? A, Knock at the Cabin. B, A Man Called Otto. C, Avatar the Way wave- of... The Way of the Water, D80 for Brady. A-
0: Avatar, the right.
6: Way How of, of the got, Water. Uh, Randall? C, Avatar, the Way of the Water.
0: Way of the Water. What do you got, uh, Bishop?
6: I have C as well.
0: The answer is A, Knock in the cabin. We are tied going into oh, the oh. question. I, Rand- I-, I thought I was going to fool Randall. I knew I was going to fool Randall. I didn't think I was going to fool you. I've never heard of the other movie. I've, I've never, never heard, heard of
7: any of the other movies. This is exactly how he Brady?
0: works, though. He you tried to, to beat like, for Brady As much as they, the, they advertise that thing? No, I've never heard of that. All right, last question. Chelsea.
8: Three point guards are among the NBA's top five and three pointers made per game. Steph Curry and Damian Lillard are the first two. Name the third. Come on, A, bitch. Kyrie Irving. B. LaMelo Ball. C. Tyler Hero. Or D. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Come on, bitch.
7: Who's answering straight person, me? Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah.
7: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with
0: Come on,
6: girl. B? A,
0: Kyrie. A, Kyrie. What you got, Revin?
6: D, Tyrese Halliburton. This
0: That's a B, Lorello Ball. What? Yeah. We have a tie. All that means is, Bishop, you gotta come back so we can have a tie break. Oh, right. right. Maybe before the state championship? All right. Yes, sir. You gonna be there? Yes, sir. You know the, the chambers of North People people watch the show. <laughs>
7: yeah.
0: Okay. All right. He said, let, let me put let me put you on the one shot there. Are you gonna be there, Bishop?
7: Yes, sir. I'm gonna be there.
0: There it is. He said I right. he didn't say we, rather. He said I right. he didn't say we.
6: Hey, right, listen. We know what it is, <laughs> all
0: right, Bishop. Man, good luck to you guys, all right, man.
6: Yes, sir, thank you.
0: All right, take care, good kid, right there, Bishop Boswell. All right, so I'm like way out of my uh, my show plans. I, I don't even know where we are. Um,
6: see, you got me messed up today. I'm
0: all, I'm all messed up. Can yeah, I know it? you
6: got me messed up now.
0: We went we went long with the football coach. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna let um, Sammy introduce her videos so we can let Sammy go i keep her all night. Sammy, tell the people who you had this week and, and how it went.
9: So this week I had Jordan Ladder. She's a senior at Providence Day. She's a combo guard and she's been playing on varsity basketball for four years and she was just amazing and so sweet.
0: All right, let's drop it.
9: Hi, today i welcome jordan ladder on five minutes with sammy how are you doing today jordan i'm good how are you i'm good so providence day has a 19 to 5 record how does your team work together to keep that kind of record
10: um we just work together by understanding each other's game and making sure that we share the ball and put players in scoreable positions we also play pretty good team defense overall.
9: Jordan, you hit 1,000 points a few weeks ago. That must have been a great accomplishment. How did it feel?
10: It honestly felt amazing. It was very surreal to reach the same accomplishment as my former senior teammates, Andy and Morgan. I feel very honored to be a part of the legacy.
9: Do you think the team is on track to winning another state championship this year? 100% yes. How come? Uh, Just as a team, we have grown
10: so much as a team and faced some challenges overall. Um, the underclassmen have really stepped up and matured overall, and we just have really good chemistry, and we have the talent to win.
9: Okay, let's make it a little more interesting. What is the last song you listened to before going out on the court to hype yourself up a little bit?
10: Okay, so the last song I listened to was Superhero by Metro Boomin, Chris Brown, and Future. That is a good song. Who are your normally like favorite artists to listen to? um this might be an unpopular opinion but i usually listen to sizza that's my favorite artist i love sizza have you listened to her new album yet yes i have my favorite song is by far kill bill that is a good song
9: who doesn't love kill bill
4: exactly.
9: anyways thank you so much for coming on to five minutes sammy jordan thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and i hope we can collaborate again another time thank you
0: man i like that sammy that was all right i love SZA too.
9: <laughs> Pisa, I love her.
0: I love Susan too. All right, Sammy. Look, thanks for coming on. Tell oh. people how they can get in touch with you so they can be on five minutes with Sammy and get all this coverage, like like uh, Jordan just got.
9: Um, you can just DM me on Instagram or text me on Twitter, and I will answer you. I'm very active on both those.
0: Yes, TV she is. Yeah, every, every morning I wake up, I get a I get a Sammy story every morning I wake up. <laughs> all right, Sammy. Take care yourself. Thank you. All right. Alright, so we had some big surprises last week. Uh Chambers beating North Mac was probably the biggest surprise. I wanna go around the room and kinda of get you guys thoughts. But Cam was at that game and if I can find the uh the highlights, he talked to some of the Chambers people afterwards. So I started a little bit in the first,
1: but just going back to it being in the
0: lab and
1: staying hungry. That's really all I did. And so what was like the game plan change at all? I mean does you know, when you go up against your rival, you know it's going to be a high-intensity you know, high intensity game, physical. But, you know, was there any game plan shift um, knowing they beat you the first time in overtime? we we'll just have more grit. Just coming out here and playing and being more aggressive, that's really all we had to do was just start dominance and so just kept doing that. All right, Mark, so you drew the assignment of Isaiah Evans, and obviously, yeah, it's a big time big assignment, time. but you stayed right on his hip. They called a little chippy fouls here and there, but you yeah. stayed in the game, made sure that every shot that he took was contested. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean,
7: yeah, shot maker, man, like, he's different. Um, Ball star, so. You know, uh, that was the biggest thing. you emphasized in practice, uh, just locking in on him, making sure um, you know he's crowded every time like, he get the ball. You know, I'm pressuring him. So I mean, that was the game plan. I think we executed well. Uh, it means a lot. I mean, I think my kids worked extremely hard to get to this point. Uh, I thought we lost at the, the buzzer last
11: last game at our place, you know. I thought our kids leave it on the line. And, and gave, gave themselves a shot to win and didn't win, so uh, it means a lot for our kids to go back in the, in the lab and work extremely hard and come back out and, and get a nice win tonight.
1: So what was the defensive switch? You put Marcus on Isaiah. He really was locking him up, especially in the first half.
11: Yeah, we, I've been trying to figure out my team a little bit. So I got some new pieces, and uh, Marcus have show, shown shown himself that he can he can guard and he'll be that defensive guy for us. And uh, he did it the night before against Hotwell, and then he showed up again tonight. So he's been he's been our guy in regards to defensively. Just kind of. Uh, picking energy up on the defensive end.
1: And so with just a few games left in the regular season, uh, what does this win do for confidence moving forward?
11: I think it's it's big for our guys. I think, you know, just letting them know that uh, they deserve to be at the top. They worked hard for it. They they played some tough competition. So it means a lot to show that they're supposed to be in the rankings just like everybody else.
0: They're supposed to be in the rankings just like everybody else. Richard, what did you see in this game, and were you surprised by the outcome?
12: I would have to say yes. Um, you know, they lost at home to North Meck and going on the road to North Meck. And, and North Meck is so tough at home. It's like playing Duke at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So, you know, I was going with the home team. But, you know, you think about it, it was a signature win for, you know, Chambers. But if you look at their schedule, it was their second signature win. You know, going on the road beating Myers Park, which is probably one of the best teams in the 4A, and now North Meck at the time was the second best 4A team in the state. So, just like, you know, uh, Coach Frazier said, that they're playing with a lot of confidence and I think right now, they have a big chip on their shoulder and they can feel like they can beat anybody and, and you have to take them into consideration as far as, in, you know, for the State 4A Championship at the public school level. Gary, hearing that, what do you think? Um, it, it probably shouldn't have been a
5: surprise to us because it, it, if you put both rosters up, North Mac has the number one player, but I think Chambers probably has the next four best players before you get to another North Mech player. So Mm -hmm. I I think we get caught up in in the five-star kid from North Mech and forget that Chambers has a lot of good players. And um, I think they beat them with a solid team effort uh, because the scoring was balanced um, for North, I mean, uh, for Chambers. And I think North Mech may rely too much on their superstar uh, to carry them. And if he's having a bad night, uh, that makes it easy for a team that's balanced like Chambers. So I was surprised. But then again, when you look at the rosters, Chambers roster is just as good as anybody else's in town. Oh, go
12: ahead. Well, the one thing about it is when you look at Chambers, you look at like, for example, from last year, they lost Jalen Curry and also Daniel Sanford. And like I think Coach Frazier said, he's starting to figure out his team because he did have two new players, you know, come to the school in the Brown um, brothers. And, and they made a huge difference. So, you know, looking at the rosters, you know. I still think North Mech had the advantage. You know, you do have Mario Hansen, which is a top player, and you have uh, Nick Doran. But, you know, outside of that, you had a lot of unknowns on the team for Chambers, in my opinion. But, like I said, I was a little bit surprised, but I shouldn't have been. Uh, The thing about it is Chambers has played with grit and determination. They've just been snake bit in a couple of close games. But if you look at their roster, I mean, look at their schedule – all the teams they've lost to are all top-ranked teams.
0: Cam Chambers has played one of the toughest schedules in the, in the area. North Mac has not played as tough a schedule. Did that have anything to do with this game, or was it just its own thing? I
1: mean, I think it has a lot to do with it. I mean, when you when you're constantly playing in the pre or in uh, the non-conference, you know, tough opponents like Cannon, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're being battle tested. They played Myers Park. And they beat Myers Park. Um, So I think, you know, challenging yourself in the non-conference is crucial. And I I think the result uh, last weekend really, really uh, emphasized that.
0: Alex, you get the last word.
1: All right, three points
3: I want to make here. First off, to follow up on what the esteemed Rick Lewis said about the uh, Carolina-Duke relationship there, this was better than Carolina-Duke. I'm I'm just going to come out and say it. This was better than Carolina Duke, and just as a testament to the wonderful level of play that we're watching this season. All right, secondly, along the lines of what the venerable Gary Richmond said, and I'm going to give all of us UNC graduates a throwback here. We're (coughs) we're, going to go back 32 years here. Coach Richmond talked about how you might have the best player on North Mech. But then you look at the next four or so players you would take would be from Chambers if you just really want to do it on paper. Mm-hmm. This is a throwback to the 1990 91 season. The 91. state runner the state runner up that year the state runner up that year was East Wake High School, which had as its interior presence a, UNC, a future UNC football standout who was a sophomore at the time named Greg Ellis. Oh, I do remember that. He, he, yeah. he, he, went, on, he went on to do a few decent things for Gary's previous favorite team, <laughs> uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so East Wake and Greg Ellis had to get by a conference rival, Garner High School, which included a student-athlete, Donald named Williams. Donald Williams. Now, now he was pretty decent, by the way, too. Uh, averaged thirty-six points a game as a senior, and, and he went on to do some other things for UNC fo- uh, basketball. Uh, only he was only a Final Four MVP. Yeah, so That I was say a to chip. Chris Webber. Uh, that, was, that was a situation
0: where Garner probably had the best player. Did you see Cam look away from the camera when I said uh, won a Chip the Chris Weber game? Y- y'all saw Cam look away from the camera. He, he couldn't. He couldn't take.
3: <laughs> hey, let's let Weber off the hook. He traveled anyway. We all know that. Yeah. But, um, but but my point being, my point being, so Garner had the best player in that situation. Mm-hmm. But you look back at that East Wake team and the depth that they had. You're we talking about a team that had Jawan Tuck. who who played at Seton Hall. He was the point guard on that team. And you had Sean Allen, who who went on to play at Wake Forest. He was on that team. So East Wake was a deeper team, kind of like Chambers was. East Wake went on to the state championship game and fell short to the mighty West Charlotte Lions. So bring that all full circle. We see a repeat of what happened 32 years ago. And I'm going to go on record right now and say that, a Charlotte-Mecklenburg school will win the 4A Boys State Championship just like West Charlotte did in 91. Okay, listen, listen, listen,
6: listen, listen, listen. We got all these Carolina people on here, and that's all fine and dandy. But listen, we are not going to sit here and compare Duke-Carolina to a regular season Chambers versus North Bank game. Carolina-Duke is the greatest rivalry in all the sports. Let's not, let's not do that. I mean, I understand you guys are upset over what happened Saturday night, and I get it. But let's not let's not try to try to put put it down there with with with. Put right, it up well, with
0: why are you talking on a rant? Are there any girl surprises out there for the thought
6: shot? I don't think there was any girl surprises this week. but I think the biggest surprise this season has been the Independence Patriots this season. I think Coach she has done a phenomenal thing. Uh, you know, coming off Kaylee Carson's ATL in preseason. I, I didn't have high expectations for this team. I you know, expected them to be kind of middle of the road, you know, winning a few games here and there. But, you know, Kim Kitchens, who we had on the show, we still have done a phenomenal job stepping up. Coach G has done a great job, um, you know, with with her group. And, and they control their own destiny here and on the back half of the season and, and winning the conference. And, you know, I just wanted to take this time to give them a congratulations to them. Let's also congrats,
3: let's congratulate North Mecklenburg and Chambers not for going down a level as was just said, but playing up and above what Duke and Carolina showed us. They took it
0: up another level. I think I get I think I get the point you're trying to try make. Also here with Randall saying, Gary. Speaking of girls basketball, North Meck lost a star player transfer to Independence last year. Still winning. Uh, doing very well. Myers Park lost their best player to a knee injury this year. Still doing very well. Do those are those two schools surprise you? South Mac lost their coach. Still doing well. Any of those surprising you? Were or you, or you expecting that? No, I you know especially Myers Park. As long as
5: Barbara Nelson is coaching at at Myers Park, the young Barbara Nelson. Um, <laughs> not gonna I'm not gonna get Barbara mad at me, but um, they're always going. Being I didn't coach. call her grandma coach. Her player called her grandma coach. <laughs> See, you brought it up again. But anyway. I've <laughs> um, got on me during the week, so we're good. <laughs> um, I, I'm not surprised. South Mech, they made the right selection when they replaced Christy, when Christy stepped down. Uh, I'm not surprised. And I, I'm not surprised at North Met because year in and year out, there is no team in Charlotte mm-hmm. that plays harder Than Jennifer Baker's kids do they might not always be the most talented team but they play harder consistently more than any other program in Charlotte
0: that is very 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 high praise all right so we're going to talk about this Carolina Duke game real briefly Uh, but before I get into it Chelsea you're going to Chapel Hill how did you feel seeing the Tar Heels go down
8: well, at first I was already really disappointed in that pit game they played. Um, you know, I'll say this from a Carolina standpoint, I thought the shooting was absolutely awful from the three-point from the free throw. I mean, if you just look at the percentages, they were terrible.
0: You only shot like 38% yourself.
8: Yeah. And, um, and you know, that last play of the pit game, I think maybe there could have been a foul. But yeah, yeah. as Rick will say, you know, if it wasn't called, then it wasn't there, I guess. But just with that Duke game, you know, I had high hopes. But
0: are you gonna be crazy. are you gonna be camping out next year for tickets to the Duke
8: Carolina game? You gonna sleep on the concrete? I'm gonna have to. I gotta get them one way or another.
0: <laughs> gotta go. It's just it's, it's definitely. I've been to many of those games in both places. They're definitely experiences. I think they're definitely bucket list items. So you gotta go. It's, unfortunately, as a student, you gotta. At least when we were there, you had to sleep. Gary, remember that? You had to sleep out forever on the. Well,
5: they slept out. I, I had a connection, so <laughs> uh,
0: I, I never we, slept
5: we, outside. We should take turns. I knew, knew somebody, so I, 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 I never slept outside. And I started
0: working for the paper. I had tickets, but when I was <laughs> me and my roommate Zeb, we would we would like plan it out. Like you stay a little bit, I stay a little bit. But anyway, Randall got a Randall was working. Got a call from a buddy. He said, "Do you want to go to the game?" And Randall says, "Yes." And they go into Cameron Indoor Stadium, and they start going down. And just look and see where Rambler ended up. Ah! How did you scream when
6: that boy made that shot? Uh, the place went nuts. I was actually calm the whole night. Like, you know, it's funny when I normally go in the camera and I'm, I'm normally a quiet one. I just enjoy watching the game and the atmosphere. And like the, this, the fans started jumping all around and jumping up and down at one point And literally like the whole building was shaking. It was unbelievable. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I could have, I never, I didn't know how I was going to get to see this game, but. I was excited to see it. And when you go in there and, you know, you can tell me that Duke was favored by three, but to me Duke was an underdog because I felt like if Carolina could get the ball inside to the big fella, I just didn't know how we were going to guard that. And surprise
0: for the last 12 minutes of the game.
6: Derek Lively out of nowhere, the the freshman showed up and, you know, it was, it was good to kind of see him and Tyrese Proctor kind of grow up and Jeremy Roach show some of that veteran leadership uh, Saturday night.
0: Roach was huge. I'm a little afraid to put Gary on the screen, but Gary asked to talk about this game. I think he's going to talk about the fact that Carolina's best player didn't, touch, didn't take a shot the last 12. Of games. course he is. But I'm going to put him on, on his little one shot and give Gary his No, I want
5: RC and Ars- Ar- Ar- Cam on there.
0: Oh,
5: there. <laughs> yeah, there
0: you go. RC Ar- and Cam on <laughs> here. Let me put it a different way. There you go. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, put him on here. First of all, congratulations to Duke. What Duke was able to do Saturday night is not get in the way of Carolina's poor coaching. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They didn't get in the way. They said, Shire said, let them do what they do and we'll win. Because they are very poorly coached. Anybody on the panel, give me the definition of insanity. Doing the same same thing over
6: and over and over again. All expect right. a different
5: result. Right. That's it. Thank you, Cam. Uh That's what Hubert Davis and his staff does. <laughs> they do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And, you know, I, I gave him a pass last year and, and I didn't get caught up in, in, in them going to the final four. I did get caught up in them ending K's career. I, I really enjoyed that, so you know we always have that to fall back on until they they do something as significant. Oh, rest on However, the world. Speaking of Saturday, I hope you like that high school gym, RC. It's nice, isn't it? Nice. It's beautiful. I
6: love it. I love being in there. It's nice okay. and comfy. Okay,
5: but getting back to the game. Um, Friday was Michael Jordan Day on on the um, ACC network. And they, they showed, you know, some games in the past. And one thing I noticed is even with NBA talent, one of the games they had, Kenny Smith, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, Brad Doherty, all of them were on the court. But he changed defenses, okay? He played some so – man has always been our base defense, but he played some 2-3, some 2-3 matchup, some 1-3-1 one, one zone, back to man. It was always changing defenses against opponents. And that's something that the current coaching staff never does. But what really bothers me about this particular staff is little coaching maneuvers that are elementary to high school coaches. They can't even execute. RJ had four fouls. There's a dead ball timeout. Duke has the ball coming out of that position, who would you attack if you're Duke? I'm going to attack the guy that's got four fouls, OK? If you're a good coach, what do you do, Randall, with your, your best uh player having four fouls? What do you do? Uh,
6: we're going to put him in pick and roll if I'm Duke.
5: No, I'm talking about if, what do you uh, do if you Oh, here we go.
6: I would have subbed, subbed him out and find another way to get, get him sub- back in the game.
5: You go offense, defense. Yeah. You go offense, defense, or, or you take or, him out. You Your zone. best defender is on the bench, Treble, uh Or Trimble. He's their best defender. You put him in the game, you get a stop, you call timeout, you put RJ back in the game. But they do the same things over and over, and they think they're going to get a different result. You know, you have a bench this year, you have players that can play, only one substitution in the second half. At the five minute mark, I turned to a friend of mine and I said, they're dead tired. They're done. Unless he subs, they're done because they were dead tired and he never subbed the last five minutes of the game. So it's little coaching things that take place. I give credit to Duke for not getting in the way of letting Carolina lose the game.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to segue there and... We're talking about coaches. Coach Lewis has found some high school coaches that he thinks are doing really, really good jobs as opposed to Gary's fields about Chapel. Rick, tell us about the guys who caught you out.
12: Well, you know, before we get into this list, I also want to make sure I mention, you know, a couple other coaches along the way. Um, Darian Holloway at United Faith is in his first year, um, although United Faith is a traditional 1A powerhouse. They're 27-2. and two. And the other person uh, that, you know, I want to mention Um, is, you know, you look at Olympic this year at at 21-1. and um, He's done a remarkable job at Olympic. Um, Now, that being said, I'm looking at the list here of Michael Laney at Covenant Day. Um, The most impressive thing about looking at Covenant Day, and I looked at their roster from last year, they lost 95% of their scoring from last year. They had a lot of the kids that played valuable minutes transferred out. The only person that was returning was Chris Riven, who was a freshman. And I remember going to their open gym early in the year, and I think I told you, Langston, I said, I'd be surprised if they'll even win three games. Yeah, I remember that. Um, That being said, they're 13 and 14, and they're playing in a very competitive conference. If you're a first-year head coach at Covenant Day, and you got to go up against the likes when you're playing, you know, Charlotte Latin with Chris Berger. You're going up against Charlotte Country Day with David Carrier. You got Ron Johnson over at Providence Day. You got Jay Roth over at Cannon. That's not an easy choice, you know, chore for a first-year coach. So hats off to Michael Laney at Covenant Day. Another coach that's really impressed me this year is Ed Cook at Northside Christian. They're, they're right at, you know, 18 and 13, and they're playing one of the toughest schedules in the state. And, you know, playing day in, day out against the toughest teams, they took their lumps early, but they sort of made a run of of lately. They've won eight of their last 11 games. So that's pretty impressive too. But the one that's really made the biggest impression on me this year is Gabe Blair. He came in last year at Gaston Christian. The team was two and eight. He came in sort of like midway through the year. In his first four games, when he came in, he had to play Audrey Kale, Weddington, Word of God. They ended up, I think, last year with like a 10 and 12 record. This year, they're right at, I think, 21 and 8. They're 11 and 2 in the conference, and they've also swept Concord Academy, which is a defending 3A state champion. I think he's done a remarkable job as well.
0: All right. Well, there it is. Now we're going to find out who Richard picked for his players of the week. The Rick's picks.
6: And welcome back. Randall Clark again here with the guru, Rick Lewis. Coach Rick, how are you this morning? Doing well. Hope
12: you are. I'm sure you're a little bit better since Duke pulled out the win yesterday. I am. I am. And let us get started with Rick's picks for this week. Go ahead, Coach Lewis. Well, we're going to start off with um, a player that we had on our underrated list last week, and that's 6'11, Gabriel Mavor of Gaston Christian. 6'11 junior had 22 points, 15 rebounds, two blocks, and a big road win against Northside Christian. Uh, Gaston Christian is now 21 and 8 for the season. They're 12 and 2 in the Metrolina 3A in the private school, and they're tied with. <clears throat> concord academy and the good thing about that is for them is they swept concord academy twice and they beat the likes of Northside christian also gas today so they're a team to really be on the um the alert for um, i think they're going to make major noise as far as in the ncisa um 3a state championships next up is amore Connolly, 6-1 junior he was out early in the year for freedom um friday night he had 36 points and a 76-62 win over ash county Freedom is now 17 and four for the season, and they're also nine and one in conference play. So look out for Freedom to make a run in the Western 3A Public School. Next up is Central Cabarrus. Um, they're just a very unique team, um, one of the most selfless teams I've seen all year. They're 22 and 0, 51 and 1 over the last two seasons. They're averaging 87 points a game, 25 assists. steals, but the most impressive stat is their assist-to-turnover ratio is 2.77 to 1. That is unheard of at the high school or the college level, and especially in a type of system they play with a full-court pressure defense, helter-skelter style of play, that they're able to have that type of assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, Next up, i got to give kudos and hats off to head coach Brian Frazier of Chambers. Uh, They went into North Mech. It's like going to Duke and beating Duke at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So they upset number four, North Mech. Um, For the season, Chambers is 17-5. and They're tied for first place at 91 in the Queen City Conference. And the most impressive thing about this for Brian Frazier is he's lost – Several players, basically, he lost Jalen Curry again from last year, who transferred. He lost Daniel Sanford, who went to South Carolina. You lose two high major prospects, one graduating, one to transfer, and they're still in the thick of the hunt. So kudos to Brian Frazier for the big win at North Mech, and they control the tempo from start to finish. And my last guy is up 6'8", senior Pat Tiven, a Charlotte Catholic. He had 32 points earlier in the week. He scored his thousand career point. He had 10 points, crucial free throws down the stretch as Charlotte Catholic went into Butler, beat them on the road by three. But it was his key free throws that was the difference in that game. Right now, um, Charlotte Catholic is sitting at 19 and four for the season. They're 10 and one in the Southwestern Conference. And if they go to East Meck on Tuesday and if they beat them on the road, they can win the regular season championship for the Southwestern 4A championship.
6: Always a tough league to win and a lot of battles on on Tuesday and Friday nights in that league. Thank you, Coach Rick, for another great week of Rick's picks. And if you want to be one of the guru's picks, make sure to hit him up on social media at Coach underscore Rick57 on both Instagram and Twitter. We will see you next week.
3: All right, let's keep this going here. Let's bring everybody back in with our boys, Games of the Week. What a slate we have going here. Just looking at it, we just talked a little bit about Pat Tenvan. Um, We know um, East Mac always brings the heat. And uh, let's just start this going here. I'll take your pick on any of these. Who wants to lead us off here? Take a pick of one. Well, I think I know, the, go, go, ahead. Ahead, Coach. go ahead. Go ahead.
12: Go ahead, Coach.
4: <laughs> I
12: think the, the big game of the week is going to be Charlotte Catholic at East Mech Charlotte Catholics 19 and 4, 10 and 1 in the conference play. East Met 17 and 5, they're 8 and 2. Catholic won the earlier meeting at home, 58 to 57 on one point win. If Catholic wins this game, they capture the southwestern 4A regular season championship, and East Mac has to win the game to have to be co-champs for this particular conference. So that's the to me the big game of the week. Um, You know, it's a toss-up. I always go with the lean with the home team.
3: Let's follow up to this second game right here, Providence Day and Cannon. A spirited game, spirited opportunity. Uh, in terms of how uh, competitive that this game could be with the talent flowing through, I'll let you take uh, this one, Randall. We look back to the days when Providence Day had that tremendous backcourt of uh, Devon Dodson and Trey Wirtz matching up against their uh, 2018 classmates oh, versus Cannon with Jairus uh, Hamilton and Quan Murphy. Uh, talk about how these two traditionally strong programs match up this time around in an always spirited CISAA battle.
6: Well, Providence Day lost this first game, sixty to fifty-nine, at home. Uh, is is going to come down to in, inside outside. Uh, obviously, Riley Allen Spock is having a great season. If Providence Day can find a way to get him touches, get him the ball, play through the big fella, he could cause problems for Cannon. Cannon's going to try to outscore them. Cannon's going to try to make this game in the mid-70s, low-80s. If they can do that, they're going to win. You know, their goal is to speed people up. They want to play at a faster pace. Providence Day, the complete opposite. They're going to try to slow it down, make every possession count and matter. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to play through Riley in order in order for that to happen. Uh, should be a pretty entertaining game tomorrow night to see whose who's style um, of, of play gets impacted first.
3: All right, let's go on over to Friday night here and with this uh, CMS powerhouse matchup here. Let's go to our CMS legend, Mr. Gary Richmond right here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about um, Myers Park going on the road. We spoke to uh, Bishop Boswell earlier this evening and the Mustangs is certainly getting into more of a little bit of a groove. Now this conference matchup right here at this juncture of the season for Myers Park on the road. What does this mean? And talk to us a little bit about it from both teams' perspectives.
5: Well, I think from a Myers Park standpoint, they probably could go ahead and, and Clint, clinch, if not tie uh, for the conference championship, if, if they are able to win this game, Olympic has had a lot of early success um, this year and once again, it's it's a contrast in styles. Um, you know, Olympic is not very big. So they, they want to make this a, a full court type game, uh, speed it up, uh, you know, where size doesn't matter as much out in the open floor. And, and Myers Park, you know, they would love to run their sets. And take advantage of their size advantage and shoot over the top of Olympic. So it's contrasting styles. Um, I think Myers Park should be favored, but they're playing at Olympic, and you know anything can happen in a game where the the underdog plays at home. So uh, should be an interesting contest. Um, for Olympic, I think it's more important for playoff seating um, that's coming up in a couple of weeks.
3: And lastly, these last few games right here, I'll throw it to uh, Coach Rick here. And you know, very high on uh, Amari Connolly uh, up at Freedom. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what this means for him. And, and then these last three games highlighting our friends in uh, Union and Iredell and Cleveland counties.
12: Well, you have Alexander Central at, at Freedom. Um, early in the year, um, Amari Connolly, who is a superb athlete, um, was injured. So they, they lost a few games early. They lost to Cannon as well. Um, but they're on a roll, and, and they're going to be one of the favorite teams coming out of the um, Western 3A for sure. Um, you know, next up you, you have Lake Norman, who clinched, and congratulations to Lake Norman and also head coach Grant Hodges. Um, they've had a remarkable year. So they're, they're going to be on the road at Mooresville. And this could be a trap game for Lake Norman because they've already clinched the regular season, Greater Metro 4A regular season championship. And anytime you have a rivalry game between Lake Norman and Mooresville, it's going to be a capacity crowd. So that's going to be a very interesting game as well.
3: Right. Cam, Chelsea, anything you want to jump in on any of these games before we
1: move on to another group of stars? Yeah, I'll speak a little bit on that Myers Park Olympic game. Um, I think for the most part, we've all picked Myers Park to win that game. But don't be surprised if Olympic makes it a little bit closer than people think. Uh, cam taylor he's a terrific player i'll be speaking with him actually this week uh, sometime soon to write an article about him um, he's had a great year um, look for olympic to play through him if they uh, if they want to knock off the mustangs chelsea you get the last word
8: i need to catch up on my charlotte basketball i've been watching all the east games so i mean but i will say just seeing you know all the charlotte games y'all have yeah. I think we'll emphasize this again, you know, that the West basketball is definitely better in the state.
3: Chelsea has spoken. So we go from one star in Miss Chelsea Sipple to the next group of this week's Randall's rock stars.
6: And welcome back we are live again for another week of randall's rock stars i'm excited randall clark here first and foremost betsy burnett this week versus for south mech the senior had 20 points five rebounds five assists and three steals versus barry and then tuesday had 24 five points seven rebounds and four assists versus audrey kale next on our list taylor smith from central cabarrus she had 26 points five assists and five steals then three boards to go with the, for her team's W uh, Tuesday night versus East Rowan third on our list. Lily Baumgartner from South Caldwell, 17 points, 14 rebounds, two assists and two blocks and a big win for her team over Alexander Central Friday night. Nevaeh Farmar back at it again for North Met, 16 points, eight steals and six assists. And last but not least our rock star of the week, Rihanna Menard from West Cabarrus, the freshman dumped in 27 points, had five assists and five steals, and she is with us this morning. Rihanna, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Friday night, a big game versus, versus Mooresville. You, you had 27 points. As a freshman, I feel like sometimes the game can be very, very fast. Do you remember when being out there and you feel like the game just kind of started to slow down for you?
10: Um, Really when I started putting in the work that I knew I had to step up to be on
6: varsity. Okay. Okay. So Friday night you had 27 um, with five assists. And and just tell us kind of how was the rhythm and the flow of the the game Friday night versus Mooresville?
10: We knew it was going to be a tough game. So we had to go in there with our head up, confident, but we managed to pull
4: through.
6: That's awesome. All right. So my last question for you, Your favorite basketball player to watch on either side, men's or women's, just just a player that you enjoy watching play the game?
10: Probably Steph Curry, because even when he has good games, he still always wants to correct and do better.
6: I love it. I love it. I just wanted to talk to you for a minute just about being recruited by Alabama and how that process has been so far as a freshman with, with such a high interest already.
10: Um, it's good right now. Just got to keep my options open, but it's a good first um, first school right now.
6: But Well, Rihanna, congratulations on a big Friday night, and thank you for joining us this morning. I truly appreciate it. <clears throat> and if you want to be one of Randall's rock stars, make sure to reach out to me on social media, at The1RC on both Instagram and Twitter. We'll see you next week. All right, so here we go again. Randall's
3: Rockstars, and we go from one week to another, and and we're going to set up the next week of Randall's Rockstars by looking back at this week's uh, Rockstars. And as you've heard me say for weeks on end, we're going to hear some theme music right here, but it's a misnomer. We're not talking ladies' night. We're talking ladies' week. Roll it. All right, here we go. Let's just get this ladies' week rolling once again. All right, South Mech at Myers Park. Go for it, Gary.
5: Well, I saw round one of this game, and it was a, a, a very good game. Probably the best game I've seen this, this season on the girls' side. Uh, Myers Park led late. South Mac came back and, and won it at the free throw line. Um, the rematch should be interesting. Uh, South mech is playing with house money. They, um, they're they undefeated in the conference, so if they win this game, they'll pretty much clinch the title. Myers Park needs this win. Um, I think it's going to be a battle of point guards. Uh, Anastasia Sinclair for South mech and Kamor Canny for uh, Myers Park. Um, who can impact? the game the most who can lead their team, get the right people, the ball in the right spots. Um, they both have a good supporting cast. Um, South mech has about two or three other players that are ab- averaging double figures and, and, um uh, Maddie how and, um, the post player and, uh, the Williams kid. And then Myers Park has Jaron, uh, Tru- uh, Truesdale. Who's been on a tear, uh, who's not only a low post presence, but can, can hit that top of the key jump shot. So um, I think this is the game of the week uh, as far as I'm concerned, because they're playing for a conference championship uh, tomorrow night. Should be a big crowd. And I'm interested to, to see what the outcome is going to be, but I think it's going to be a game of guards.
3: All right. Randall already talked to us about the problem Day <laughs> and Cannon boys all right, Randall, tee up the girls' game. What we got?
6: I think the girls' game is not going to disappoint. Um, you know, Cannon won the first matchup rather easily. Um, it's going to come down to the defensive end of the ball, and I just feel like Lily Booker for Cannon is going to create complete ha- havoc on the defensive end. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be able to score with Ashley Fowler and Samaya Suffering and Lily as well. Um, you know, we had Jordan Ladder on the show earlier from, from PD – but I just – I think Lily Booker is the X factor in this game. I see her getting her hands on a bunch of balls, getting in the passing lanes. This is a kid that, you know, has has games with five or six steals, and I feel like this is going to be one of those games where that happens again.
3: All right, Cam, give us a double play. Let's move outside of Mecklenburg County here, but still in the greater uh, uh, Charlotte metropolitan area. Let's talk Ash County, Watauga, and uh, over in Gaston County. Battle of Gastonia, Ashbrook, and Hunter Huss. Talk to us a little bit. Uh,
1: Well, when you look at Watauga versus Ash County, uh, they currently sit second and third in their conference, respectively, both behind High Brighton. Uh, Watauga is led by Kate Sears, who I'd expect another big game from. She had 40 of her team's 61 points in the first meeting against Ash County. Um, But if Ash County wants to avenge an earlier loss, it starts with stopping Sears, but obviously that's much easier said than done. And if they want to run down High and they need to win both their games this week and hope for a loss by High Brighton because High Brighton has or did win both their games against Wataga this year. And then moving to uh, Hunter Huss and Ashbrook. Uh, Ashbrook's uh, going to be looking for revenge against the Huskies as their first game ended in a two-point loss in overtime. Uh, this game could be a determining factor if Husk claims their conference title outright or if they have to share it with Ashbrook. Uh, the Green Wave shooting guard Madison Cole comes in averaging 21 points per game. Uh, For the Huskies, though, it starts with the play of Mila Hoover. Uh, She had 20 of the Huskies, 44, in their first game against the Green Wave. And if they hope for the sweep, she'll need another big game.
7: Ladies'
3: night becomes Ladies' week. And each week, we all are just happy to be living in Chelsea's world. Let's go to it.
8: This week, I have Kyla Bryant, who is a senior with Salisbury Women's Basketball. And Kyla, I want to talk about a few days ago, you guys came off a win against South Davidson. You had a 26-point, 12 steals performance. Talk about that win and just your performance overall.
4: I knew coming out there I had to get some early steals just to pump the team up. And I was able to get through a lot of passing lanes and create a lot of turnovers. So
8: that got us the early start we've been wanting. Absolutely. And Kyla, you've been described as the point guard with the it factor. You know, to you, what do you think that it factor is? And just talk about who you are as a player.
4: I really think it is because I play so under control and poised. And it might be from the fact that I've been in my high school starting point guard for four years now. So I've had to carry that, but I
8: don't let a lot of
4: teams or defenders speed me up.
8: Absolutely. And Salisbury is currently undefeated, 9 0 in the conference. Talk about the season success so far as a team.
4: Well, we're really an experienced team. We have four seniors and a junior starting for us. So, knowing who we are, locking in on the defensive end, and playing together really is how we get it done.
8: Absolutely. And, Kyle, you mentioned that you've been on this team for all four years. So, you know the program pretty well. Talk about the culture of Salisbury women's basketball and some things that Coach Bright Bryce kind of preaches
4: yeah well Salisbury has had, had some really strong teams and some really times of players come through so just us knowing who we playing for and one thing she preaches a lot is playing for each other and I played with some of these girls since middle school some even since the fourth grade so we really are a family in the sisterhood and we play for each other and play for the program because we know it means a lot
8: absolutely and Kyla this is your senior year you've had so many accomplishments Are there any goals that you're most proud of? Definitely winning the state championship. Um, That's
4: the ultimate goal is to win a state championship. And not a lot of people can say
8: they won one. So it's really a proud moment for my high school career. Absolutely. Congratulations on that. And do you have a favorite moment off the court or with your teammates just throughout, you know, your whole four years? Yes, I would have to say our regional
4: championship game last year against Shelby. Um, That game went back and forth and it was going, the whole game was intense and we was able to pull it out in a double overtime against a really, really good team. So I think that gave us the energy to go into that state championship game and it was fun doing it with my team.
8: Absolutely. That sounds amazing. Well, Kyla, thank you so much for hopping on and I look forward to see how the rest of the season goes for y'all. Thank you. So that was my interview with Kyla Bryant, and now we're gonna hop on a coach versus coach between Randall and Gary, and we have three big topics to talk about this time. So I'll start with you, Gary, for this first question. But women's basketball plays in four quarters instead of two halves. Do you think men's basketball should change to that?
5: Yes. Yes, because the major difference is it resets the foul count as to who gets into the bonus. Uh, in the men's game, you get the seventh foul, you're in one-on-one, ten fouls, you're in the bonus. Whereas in the, the women's game, the pro game, the high school game, uh, well, not the high school game, but um, the, when the quarter changes, you start the foul count over as far as team fouls are concerned. And so um, that can be an advantage to a team that has committed a lot of fouls in a particular quarter because it, it starts over the next quarter. But um, that's the only major difference that I see between the men and women's game is, is you start the foul count, the team foul count over with each quarter.
8: Randall. The
6: media timeouts are, are probably the most important and what coaches care about. Um, if you watch a lot of coaches break down the the college game into four minute segments. So in the men's game, it's easy right now. So we got 16, we got 12, we got eight, we got four, you know, you got five, five, five rounds that you're trying to win in the first half and then five rounds in the second half. So it would be an adjustment, uh, even though, you know, you still have those media timeouts in the women's game. The way that some coaches like to break down the game, especially games that are close, are going to be highly contested. They're very difficult. So I don't have a problem with the women going to ten minute quarters. I think it's been good for their game. It's actually probably sped their game up a little bit and made it a little bit faster. And I think more people are starting to get used to it and watch it. I'm okay with the men's game staying the way it is. I think that I think that if we were to change it right now, it would be it would be too big of an adjustment. Uh, for a lot of coaches just when you get into the 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 X's and O's actually being in the game.
8: And, Randall, our next topic is we have state playoffs coming up. Do you think public school state playoffs are better or private school?
6: Traditionally, probably private school, but for, you know, another year, private school is down. So um, I'm going to go with the public schools right now. I think that especially for us, especially on the 4A, you got Myers Park on the boys' side, Myers Park, you, have, uh, you know, you have Chambers, you have North mech and then on the girls' side, you got Lake Norman, you got Charlotte Catholic, you got Independence, you got North Mech you got Mallard Creek. I mean, you know, just those, those teams alone on, on the boys' and girls' side, I, I'm definitely going with the public schools right now.
5: Gary? um, Overall, I, I like the public school method better because you have more teams involved, but what you have with the private schools is because there are not many of them, you have a lot of traditional rivals or rivalry games, even in the state playoffs that take place. Whereas in the public schools, you may play somebody that you're not familiar with. Uh, you've had played them maybe once in, in school history. And so you don't have a feel for them. Whereas in the private schools, because the the leagues are so small, you have a feel for everybody in the state because you probably saw them in the the regular season and you probably saw them in the previous year in in the playoffs. So uh, I think there's more rivalry involved in, in the private school playoffs versus the high school playoffs.
8: And Gary, if North Carolina was organized like Indiana, where there is only one overall state championship champion, who would it be for the girls' side and the boys' side?
5: You're talking about this year?
8: Mm-hmm. Oh. Remember, boys, remember, uh, Gary,
6: listen, listen. In the Midwest, we take all the schools and we put them all together. There's no private league, there's no public league. You can play in your own conference, but when it comes tournament time, everybody gets seated. Division one, two, three, four, five, no matter if it's public or private.
5: Yeah. Kind of, it's that Hoosier stuff, huh?
6: Yes, sir. <laughs>
5: um, I, I I prefer it broken down in, into um, levels because ninety percent of the time, I would say the bigger schools are probably going to have the 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 bigger players, the bigger roster, or the more talented roster, just because they have more players to choose from. But it, if we did that this year. I'm going to say Carmel Christian on the men's side. And I may say Cannon on the girl's
6: side.
4: Interesting.
6: I like that. I like that, Gary. Gary, we don't agree much, and we're not going to agree with this. Um, (laughs) I I would go, and everyone's going to – I'm going Myers Park on the boys' side. I think you get – you know, they, it, at NC State versus you know a team like Carmel, I think you get a different outcome. So I'm going to go with Myers Park on the boys' side. On the girls' side, I'm going to go Lake Norman. I'm going to take the favorite. I'm going to they, they the, the way that they've been playing all season long. Those kids just understand it. They get it. They play the right way. Um, I do love. I do love that Cannon pick, though. I do. I,
5: I saw Lake Norman in, in uh, last week. And, it, you know, I know we have kids that are more talented or taller, but I don't think we have a
0: better winner in North Carolina than Christian sure. Lewis Williams. I, I agree with that. But I, I, I'm telling y'all, North mec had them dead to rights at Lake Norman. I think North America's going to have a lot to say. I hope they meet in the regional finals. I hope it's not like they have to meet in round two. Uh-huh. I think those are the two best teams in, in the West. I don't know about the East. Alex can probably talk about the East. But you Rick, know, one, one of the things that people this question, Rick. North Carolina, one state champ. Who is it in boys? Who is it in girls?
12: In North Carolina.
0: North Carolina this year. This year. Hmm. I think Rambo got the two right teams. I thought he had the outcome wrong, but go ahead.
12: Well, I, I think everybody would say the favorite would be Myers <laughs> Park and Carmel, but um, you know, a sneaky team is still Central Cabarrus, in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: What about Farmville? Um, Somebody said Farmville in the chat. What about that? Was Mr.
12: Bass? Yes,
3: they would have a shot. Uh, Farmville Central is in that upper echelon of teams that can play with anyone at any level. I
0: think Um, Northwood, too, guys. I think Northwood,
3: they they would what what you're seeing here, and this is why this conversation is so great. Mm -hmm. Is we've we've put out Five or six teams here that would have a shot. Whether we're talking Carmel, whether we're talking Myers Park, whether we're talking Central Cabarrus, whether we're talking Farmville Central, whether we're talking what about North, Chambers? Chambers.
6: seems.
0: Whether, a- whether we're
3: talking <laughs> Chambers, whether we're talking North Mecklenburg, whether we've got about eight teams, eight to ten teams with a legitimate chance, depending on
0: how. Okay, the- uh, so who L- would win? L- uh, pick, pick one. Who would win?
3: Who would win? All things considered. Carmel is scary. Carmel is scary. And I got to see them in person a couple of weeks ago. And what they bring inside, outside, and the depth that they bring is scary.
0: I just think Carmel's good because of their defense. I think their offense can kind of come and go with their defense. They're, they're defensively the best defensive team I've seen since the 2013 14. It was a 14 15 Northside Christian. I don't know which year it was. But that that, that <laughs> Northside team that went to the uh, – the, I guess it was called the Dixie at that time. This is the best defensive team I think I've seen since then. Um, Myers Park, Randall, has never won a state basketball championship. I really think they got a good shot to do it this year, and that would be one of the their- – having girls now.
5: They're having girls.
0: Yeah, not not football and basketball. Boys basketball. Barbers won too. Barber won in 13-14, I believe it was. I, uh, I will say this. Gary's pick. the all-time uh, greatest teams we've seen around here too, Barber.
6: Gary Gary's pick of of Cannon, that Lake Norman Cannon matchup would be the one that I'd have on the girls' side for sure. Yeah. Chelsea, anybody
0: in the East? We're talking all these West teams. Anybody in the East? Can somebody in the East win it all, just everything?
8: Um, I don't think against the Western teams. I think the best team I'd have in the East is probably Farmville Central, but I still think with teams like Myers Park or even, you know, Carmel Christian, I still think it's a Western team that would win.
0: Ken, what do you think? Duke can't win the high school state championship, but who would win? (laughs) Even though they play in a high school gym. uh, There we go.
1: (laughs) I mean, Myers Park is really sound. Um, I don't know if Chambers could beat them twice, even though they did beat them convincingly. Uh, You talk about good defense. Central Cabarrus, man, they force like 20-something turnovers a game. It's absurd. Um, But one team, though, I, I mean, I'd have to go Myers Park.
0: I think the good news is some of these matchups we may actually see come to playoff time if uh if the NJ, if the NCSA doesn't Lanxon, play- are you
5: including the um the special schools? No like, no no
0: no 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 <laughs> 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 I, I've been trying to get Rick I've been trying to get Rick
12: off the
0: special
4: schools. But we're gonna and have in,
12: like... in, in and likes you know, made a good point about chambers, you know, they're playing with that chip on the shoulder. And... Yeah. And if you think about it, they went to Myers Park and North yeah. Bank and beat them on the road. So that speaks volume for Chambers.
0: I, I would not want to play Chambers on the road. I mean, they, they Marcus Brown is a defensive stopper. They can put him on your best guide. If you can take away Slim even a little bit, Isaiah Evans, you can take away anybody. Held him to 13. I think, and I think uh that you know, and inside, I think that uh, uh Mario Hansen doesn't get enough credit for being a dominant player. He's kind of stepped in to fill that Daniel Hankins Sanford role really well for them. Um, and, and they're getting them some outside shooting. Uh, and they're, they're, they're just able to find the gear, and, and they're just athletic. I mean, like you said, they don't have, like, the stars. They remind me of those West Charlotte teams used to win state championships. You'd be like, who are those dudes? <laughs> Yep. So they just played well together. And they do. this chambers team reminds and me. I think
12: Alex that. made a good point too. Is, is Northwood. Northwood's a very talented team with Drake Powell. I mean it really comes down to matchups. I yes. mean, if you look yes. at it,
0: I want to see Northwood play Central Cabarrus in the championship game. I would love to see. I, that.
12: I think that's gonna be a given in my opinion.
0: I'm gonna beg Q if that happens to put one at twelve o'clock and one at seven o'clock, so we can see both, so we don't have to say will make both of them at seven. I'm, I'm just, just a little concerned.
3: I'm I'm just a little concerned in a matchup like that. For however unique a style of play Central Cabarrus has, and we They're know the that, top of the press. that you have five that you have five quality ball handlers on the court at any time for the Vikings.
0: Well, the, the thing yeah. about that pressure is that when they throw it, the first pass they come try to trap it. They can put larger players there to exactly. on of it, get it to the middle, and start a break. That's the that's the, the kind of kryptonite to a pressure defense like that. When you can put a bigger player there, they can see over the top. Now, they do have some smaller guards and will be in some trouble, but they have some taller players in Northwood. that could, yeah. They can definitely catch it. And then they got Drake Powell, who is a point guard for all intents and purposes.
1: I think Millbrook could shock a few people. Chelsea?
8: Um, I think they could shock a few people. I wouldn't put them at state championship against these teams, but <laughs> I still think Millbrook's having a good season. I what you gotta, a got a in
1: Colt Langdon
8: I what you gotta realize
3: there is and and as everyone has said it's all about matchups the way that the East is set up this year at the four a level alone coming out of the East who's in Millbrooks way
12: well yeah. Millbrook, and I said it before, you, you got to look at Holly Springs. Holly Springs is playing yeah. very, very well. Micah Jones is their point yeah. guard, and he's a paint um, touch point guard. He, he really controls the tempo, and, you know, when they did lose their games, he was out with an ankle injury. So, with him back in the lineup, they've been really good. Um the one thing I do wish they would do at the public school level is instead of doing the East versus West is basically just see them based All on everybody school. together.
0: Got, I beg for that in football. Chelsea, we talked about it in football, yeah. I beg, at least in the 4A level. I know in the 1A it gets kind of difficult because it's so far away. But in the 4A, with, you know, most of the schools kind of in that.
12: Because I think like, if you look level. at the 4A level, without a doubt, the, t- the top three teams in, in the state of North Carolina 4A is going to be Myers Park, Chambers, and North Mech.
0: All right, Rick, I want to ask you before we go to Randall, I want to ask you this question we had in the in the coach versus coach. Better state playoff. You see more basketball than all of us. Better state playoff, public schools or private schools?
12: I, I think the public school because of the, of the fan base and the excitement, um, I think that would probably weigh heavy on me as far as that's concerned. Um, private schools, like you said before, you got a lot of those teams that are playing that are rivals that will be playing each other. Basically, you got some of the teams like a Cannon or a Carmel that will play each other during the course of the year, or you have a lot of the teams in the same conference that may be playing in the state championship as well. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of those teams that will be playing each other two, three, and maybe possibly four times. Whereas the public school, you don't you probably won't have that. You'll probably have more intriguing matchups between different schools.
0: The one thing I will say we're lucky in this state is that both of the state championship days for public school and private school are just outstanding. I mean, just next level outstanding. And uh, I enjoy going. I go every year. Sometimes I've gone, we didn't have a team in there. We've been fortunate most of the years I've been here, the Charlotte teams have been to the championship game. But
5: well, it's, it's,
12: getting, it's getting to crunch time with the season ending basically this week and conference tournament will start. So the playoffs yeah. right around the corner. Great time of year for basketball in North Carolina. Absolutely.
6: That's
0: a great segue to put the big star in his one shot. And, Randall, give us your final thoughts.
6: It is that time of year. Obviously, we talk about offense a lot. We talk about scoring the basketball. But remember, defense travels. We talked about Chambers today and how well of a job they did on the defensive end of the floor. Offense might win games and sell tickets, but defense wins championships. Go guard somebody, dig in and get stops. Defense does travel.
0: All right, that is not a picture of Randall. I promise you, that is a. uh, (laughs) That's (laughs) a live That's a live shot. That's a live shot. (laughs) What
3: what it is right there is the only thing I was was trying to
6: channel my inner Alex Bass. <laughs> you, 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 got, you got
3: to you, you, gotta you, you, you got you got to move there from side to side.
0: To, get on B. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Move. It side get, to side. get off. Get off Wi Fi is probably a better <laughs> thing. <Get off> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, y'all. It's been a great show. And and, and Grice, even though I had extra stuff today that I wasn't planning for, football coach with a
6: twenty. It was Coach today. James. Is, J- coach James is the reason why we went to hour thirty today. So, but we're still on time.
0: Hour 30 is like the most we're supposed to be. <laughs> I get Grice on here. It's like 10-20. I'm like, Grice, it's time to go. Chelsea, <laughs> like, I got to wake up at 6 in the morning. Hey, Grice is
6: gonna Grice is going to find you like Coach Nelson's going to find you. You keep talking. Grice everywhere you come here, throwing Grice under the bus. I just know he's going to come find you. Grice going to quit on me. <laughs> yeah, he is. Then he has the to put me on football. Then he
0: has to walk out. <laughs> Grice is ESPN good, I'm, I'm telling y'all. He, he's like the best. He's the best. All right, that's Randall Clark. That's Rick Lewis, the guru, number one voice of high school basketball. That's Chelsea, the future Tar Heel. Cameron, the dookie. Uh, <laughs> Alex, the contrarian. Gary, the coach of all seasons. I'm Langston, and we are talking tough <laughs>